Welcome to the campfire, the only place where friends and strangers alike sit down and tell tales in truth or fiction in exchange of my blessing of their safe travels. Allow me to relight the fire while you relax and listen. Make your mind wander about the reality we live in. The story I'm about to tell you is from a traveler named Darkly Gathers. He called this experience, My girlfriend's tattoo changes every morning. And to be honest, it has started to frighten me. Please, allow me to tell you his tale. Day one. It starts on a relatively normal afternoon. 1 p.m., but I'm still drowsy. My girlfriend Minami is still in bed. I rub my eyes and pull on the kitchen blinds. Golden sunlight streams through the window and I blink and grimace. We've just returned from Japan, you see, visiting relatives. I feel so drowsy and drained. Jet lag can be a real bitch. As I adjust to the light, I make awkward eye contact with a surprise visitor. A small black cat sat right there on the windowsill, waiting for me, it would seem. Oh, hi little guy, I greet him, peering closer. I haven't seen you around before. You moved here recently. The cat does not respond, obviously. It just looks back at me through the glass and blinks. One of its eyes is blue, the other is green. I hear Minami yawn behind me and I turn to greet her. She stretches her arms up high and scratches the back of her head. Morning, Takuya, she says as she heads to the cupboards. Damn, I'm so hungry. I feel like I haven't properly eaten in years. Minami, we have a guest. Check it out. I gesture to the window and turn back around. But unfortunately, the cat has gone. Oh, maybe he'll be back. Condensation has crept into the corners of the windows. I notice as I look for the cat. It catches in the light and I look a little closer as Minami makes her breakfast. How curious. The condensation appears to be made of subtle, soft little crystals. I rub some with my finger and they dissolve into fine dust. Him. And it's not the only thing I notice, either. As the title would suggest, Minami sits on one of our kitchen stools and she idly sways her legs forwards and backward. As she eats, perhaps it's the motion that catches my eye, I couldn't really say. But something about her tattoo gives me pause of thought. I've always thought it was nice. It's on the outer side of her left leg, down her calf. It's incredibly intricate and depicts a gray heron mid-flight. It's comprised of interconnecting lines and spirals. And carefully drawn leaves caught in invisible wind blow in front and behind the majestic bird. But today, I don't know. Something just seems off. Off in a way that I can't really put into words. I mean, it's the same tattoo. Gray heron. Mid-flight. Leaves. But I swear that it's different. Somehow. Is it the lighting? I glance up at the bulb. But no, it's not that. It's almost as if something intangible has changed. Are the lines that make the heron a little thinner? Are the spirals of the feathers going the correct way round? Were there always so many leaves? This sensation of indeterminate change is unsettling. I don't bring it up because it's almost certainly nothing. I am tired. I don't recall the last time I spent any real time studying the tattoo. It's my memory playing tricks on me and nothing else. So I don't mention it. Naturally, I spend a relaxing and recuperating day with Minami. Enjoying our time together before we have to return to work next week. She is particularly affectionate too. 
which is nice. We go to sleep feeling content and happy. Day 2. I am out of bed a little earlier today. I'm up in about by 11 a.m. We barely did anything productive yesterday at all. So I drag the big suitcase into the lounge this morning and start to unpack. Sorting our belongings, documents, clothes, and souvenirs into piles. I unwrap and brush the dust from a personal favorite souvenir of mine. It's a little kappa made out of cherry wood. Minami was the one who found it and pointed out to me. And it didn't break in transit. Fantastic. I lift it carefully from the suitcase and start looking around the house for places I could put it. And damn, once I start looking, I can't help finding that curious condensation again. The soft little crystals this time sprinkled like dust across the shelves. What the hell is this stuff? I wonder aloud, rubbing a finger across it. And as before, the crystals dissolve when touched. What do you think this stuff is, Minami? I ask her when she arises a little later in the morning. She shrugs. Looks like nothing to me. I wouldn't worry about it. How do you feel today? Eh, honestly still kind of drowsy. I reply. Maybe I just need more fluids. And our day, as with yesterday, goes quite nicely. I don't notice anything curious with Minami's tattoo until late that evening. But the second I do, I jump right up and out from my seat. Minami is startled. Hey, she says, eyes wide. What is it? Your tattoo. It's different, Minami. She pauses and then laughs, brushing it off. Don't be silly, Takuya. No, for real. I'm being serious. And I am. I wouldn't have noticed if I hadn't studied it so close the day before. But the tattoo has changed, I'm sure of it. The outspread wing of the heron was tipped with five feathers that jutted out slightly further than the rest. This number is now six. It is different. I point this fact out to Minami. What? She replies, more cautiously now. No, Takuya, tattoos can't just change. Come on, Minami. You must know your own tattoo. It was five, and now it's six. It's it's changed. She pales a little. But that's impossible. She pauses in thought, real thought, and she looks out the window into the night, pondering. But you're right. I could have sworn it was five. Five more prominent feathers on the left wing. I'm sure of it. But then, she looks back down to her leg, stretching it out for a better view. But then, I guess we were wrong. Tattoos don't just change. I swear, Minami, I counted yesterday. Five feathers, five. But even as I say this out loud, I am beginning to doubt myself. I was so sure, but... But that would be impossible, right? Surely, surely, the cat visits us again before we head to bed. Watching quietly through the window with its blue-green eyes. Day 3. Upon waking up on the third day back from our trip, the very first thing I do is check Minami's tattoo. Lifting the sheets for a proper look. And hell, it has changed again. For certain this time, my heart starts to pound with concern as my fears become hard truths. The heron's eye in the tattoo is now closed. Mid-blink, or simply enjoying the feel of the wind on its face. But this is different. Minami's tattoo depicts the heron with its eye wide open. At least, it's supposed to. The lines and spirals of the heron's body. The positioning of the leaves. Damn, they're different. It's all different. I shake Minami awake. Ugh, why? She mutters. What is it? Minami something is wrong. What the hell is happening with your tattoo? It's changed. Just look. She clambers wearily out of bed and turns on the light, checking it out properly in the mirror. And she brings her hands up to her face. 
There's no denying it now. She can see for herself. What the? What does this mean? How could this happen? She asks, visibly distressed. I don't know. Weird though, right. I move a little closer and run my hands down her leg. The ink is dry. The tattoo does not react to my touch. I lean back and let out a sigh, anxious and bewildered. Right, I say after a moment of contemplation. Let's try and work this out. So we spend the day taking pictures of the tattoo, making video recordings. Minami suggests we might be going overboard, but she's just being hesitant. I draw a copy of her tattoo onto a physical piece of paper and stick it up on the wall. We try researching changing tattoos online. I mean, who do you even go to for advice about this stuff? It's late afternoon when the sight of a dark blur in the corner of my eye draws my attention. I glance up to the window to see our old friend, the cat, settling on the windowsill and silently looking in. Looking in with one green eye and one blue. Hey buddy, I say to it. Any idea what might be happening here? The cat does not respond. It simply stares back at me, unblinking. And all of a sudden, my immediate atmosphere starts to change. It isn't obvious at first. It's subtle, creeping. I turn to look around in what feels like slow motion. The sounds of the house are dulled, as the sound is dulled amid heavy snowfall. Minami. I murmur, but my voice might as well have been coming from far away. She looks up at me, dreamlike. I see her mouth moving but hear no words. The shadows in the room's corners deepen and darken, and I find myself compelled to go to the window. The cat's window. It watches me approach. I faintly feel Minami's hand on my shoulder, but I ignore her for now looking instead through the glass to the street. The end of the street vanishes into mist. The driveways of all our neighbors are empty. I cannot see a single car. There are no people. The lights in all the houses, despite the rapidly setting sun, are all off and dark. Like a rush of inspilling icy water, I feel all of my senses suddenly return. Something's wrong here, I mutter out loud, turning to my girlfriend. We aren't. I struggle to get across my thoughts. The truth that I feel is ever so slightly beyond my grasp. We've been moved. Minami, there's no one outside. The color drains completely from her face. Her eyes widen with panic and she rushes to the window. The cat has jumped away and vanished completely from sight. No, she mutters again and again. Over and over. This can't be happening. What the hell is going on? I ask out loud. What is this? She looks at me with terror in her eyes. The Shinigami, she whispers. And at that exact moment, the lights in the house all go dead with a spark. There's a long pause. I force out a strained and uncomfortable laugh to break the silence. A what, Minami? My voice croaks. She does not respond. A whispering begins to work its way through the walls. A sound that sends goosebumps rippling across my skin. Minami reaches out and grabs my arm with such swiftness that I jump in fright. The windows, she says. Check the windows. But, quick, Takuya. So I do as she says, trusting she'll explain herself soon. We're on the top floor here, and we run from room to room and look through the windows. And through our bedroom window, the one that looks down to the street before us, there stands a man in the middle of the road. He is alone. He flickers in the manner of a candle flame in a breeze and mist spills from his skin like flowing blood. I stare at the man for a moment, and he and I, and he raises a hand, pointing at the house. Great, ghostly wings burst from his shoulder blades, and his throat bulges out like a monstrous frog. 
His transformation goes further, I imagine, but I don't stick around to see it. Shouting out loud in alarm, I stagger back from the window and crash to the floor. Minami is by my side in an instant, glancing through the window, then drawing the curtains. She clasps my face in her hands. It's a Shinigami, she tells me matter-of-factly. Oh, fucking what? Don't be dense, Takuya. I can't believe that they're real. There was stuff about them online. They can sense the disturbance. She gestures to her tattoo. She's babbling. It's spiritual. Look, I'll explain more later. But for now, we have to stop it getting in. He'll lock the door. Lock the windows. We have candles, right? Ah, yes, we have candles. I'll start setting them up at every window. You should help me do the same. By the doors, too. I stare at her. Go, she urges, helping me up. And fuck it. I do. I stumble through the house and lock the windows and doors. I catch glimpses of a spectral monster beyond the glass. It's as I'm helping Minami set up the candles that we hear a knock on the front door. It would be comical in any other context, but here in this deserted neighborhood of ours, it's distressing and disturbing. It creates a low and ever-enduring panic, bubbling softly away, and the knocking doesn't cease until lit candles have been left by the door itself. Once the jobs are done, we sit huddled in the lounge, Minami and I. A world beyond the windows is windless, but the whispering throughout the house grows stronger, more intense. So what is this, exactly? I ask in a strained voice. Wanna share with me? And share she does. She discovered information connecting her changing tattoo to the Shinigami earlier in the day, but didn't want to say anything for fear of ridicule. I wouldn't have made fun of you, I interrupt. She looks at me. You might have done. I pause, then shrug. Yeah, I might have done. But the Shinigami is a danger, Takuya. We cannot let it get us. No matter what happens, we can't let it get us. Candles keep it at bay, as well as other stuff too. I should think. We just have to ride it out. A few days, hopefully, and it'll lose interest. A few days. Hey, a Shinigami. I shake my head. This is insane. What the hell is happening here? She squeezes my hand. We'll get through this. We just have to hold out. We just have to hold out. So hold out we do. The house feels much colder that night as we try to sleep. We don't get particularly much. Day 4, 6 a.m. I have already been out of bed twice so far before dawn to relight the candles. To ensure their flames still burn. We don't have many left, now. We have an old pack of birthday candles we found stuffed away in a drawer. But that's it. Once those are gone, we have nothing left. There must be more we can do here, I tell Minami. She sits upright in the bed, dark circles beneath her eyes. We'll find something, she murmurs, clearing her throat. How does your leg look today? I ask her, and we check. The swan's beak is open now. Mid-call, mid-cry, we consider this. Do you think it's a warning? I ask her, about the Shinigami, or did the Shinigami come to us because of the tattoo? I don't know, she replies. I just know that they're connected. I nod. Okay. We spend the day barricading the windows using the tools at our disposal. The world beyond the glass is still silent, eerie and unnatural. The leaves on the trees are perfectly still. There is no breeze, no sound, no activity of any kind and still that ever-present mist. Well, not quite no activity. We are visited again by the curious cat. As before, it sits on the windowsill and watches as we try to board it up. 
Do you know something? I whispered to it. Can you help us, cat? From the Shinigami. The cat blinks then jumps from the windowsill, scampering around the gutters until it disappears from sight. And the whispering through the walls resumes. Minami, it's back. I shout as the kettle whistles. Yeah, the kettle. Apparently, tea is effective at keeping Shinigami at bay. I don't know, we're just going off the internet here. Different types of tea have varying success. We're brewing a few pots. My hands shake as I pour the latest batch into cups, spilling some of the scalding liquid on my hand in the process. Oh, fuck. Together we distribute these cups throughout the house. Again, and entry points and doorways to replace the candles. We huddle in the kitchen together and have some to drink as the Shinigami rattles the house. We hear it thud against the walls, and I swear I catch glimpses of its shadow across the walls. Large and twisted, a thing more monster than man. And those wings, those great wide wings. The phones have begun to ring. The house phone and our mobiles. Ring, ring, ring. Don't answer. Minami begs, gripping my wrist. We can't let it in. The internet still works, so we frantically research further. There must be more. There must be more we can do against this beast. The Shinigami has begun to thud against the front door. We hear its whispers grow louder, more urgent. They speak in a language we do not understand. Some ancient, archaic form of Japanese, perhaps. But it is persistent. It's growing desperation rage perhaps felt like an aura throughout the house. I watch as my little wooden kappa trembles on its shelf with every thud. We were gifted a ceremonial knife by Minami's father whilst in Japan. And whilst it is only five or so inches long, a blade is a blade, and a part of me hopes that there is power in its age. I clutch it tight in white knuckles as the assault continues. It continues way into the night. Day five, we took it in turns to sleep. There is peace this morning. Temporary, strained peace. I awake in an armchair, still holding tight to the knife. We have barricaded the door that leads from the lounge to the hallway and the front door. And we dare not open it. The frame is dark and cracked. The door handle, when touched, is ice cold. Mist seeps through the cracks. We cannot help but believe the Shinigami has entered the house and lies in wait behind the door. The barricades around and against the door are redoubled. We push the couch in front of it and pile it high with boxes and chairs and other such things. The cat watches through the window, through a gap in the barricades. That curious crystal-like substance is widespread now, too. It runs all up the sides of the glass, and the crystals themselves are larger, too. Thorough research on the Shinigami has been difficult. Most sites take us to Death Note anime fan forums. Apparently, bowls of rice can deter the creature, too. I don't know. It all seems ludicrous to me. All of it. But I cannot deny the terror. So if making and eating bowls of rice is going to keep the Shinigami at bay, then hell. So be it. Manami's tattoo has begun to leak. It looks stained and water damaged, like a painting left out in the rain. Her skin remains smooth and dry, but the appearance of the art is striking. Like it has been violently shaken before the ink could dry. I suppose. I look up into her face, and she grimaces. I'm scared, she says simply, and I pull her into a hug. It's okay. We'll hold out. We'll hold out a little longer, and this nightmare will end. She nods, her face buried into my shoulder. Behind her is the cat, watching at the windowsill, watching and waiting. It makes measured, careful eye contact with myself. The cat's back. 
I say quietly. I think they're connected. You know, the cat and the Shinigami. Minami breaks from the HUD to look out the window. And as she does so, a chill is sent shivering across my skin. And despite the relative warmth of the day, my breath begins to cloud. It's coming. I clench my jaw. There's just no time to think about this. No respite. My thoughts are interrupted by a crack and a long, low creak. We are sent staggering into the counter as the house is rocked with a sudden shake. Like an earthquake, the walls rumble. Cupboards swing open and plates and cups begin smashing to the floor. An ethereal roar echoes around the house and the paintwork that borders the barricaded hallway door starts to crack. And chip, the various cups of carefully positioned and steaming tea begin to rattle and spill. Some fall to the floor and their contents are sent out across the wooden boards. I look back to the window through the gap in the barricades, but the cat is gone. Stumbling frantically to my office, I can save my laptop before it crashes to the floor. And I open it up, wedging myself in the doorframe as plaster cracks and drops from the ceiling. My research has, over the past couple of days, led me to the supposed success of sutras. Ancient Buddhist rites for all kinds of bizarre and supposed purposes. But it's in the ones that relate specifically to demons that my desperate interest now lies. Come on, I mutter through gritted teeth. These sutras are all peace and love. There must be something here for warding off spirits and Shinigami. A boon ripple through the walls as something heavy falls to the floor. I call out to my girlfriend. Minami, are you okay? I'm okay. Comes the terrifying reply. I'm okay. I think she's trying to save and replace the cups of tea. I don't know how much good that will do, to tell the truth. This is all such hell. Such an utter, utter nightmare. But we persevere. We survive. That is what humans do. Even in the face of such mad lunacy. I am returned for the second or third time to a passage from a sutra entitled the Shirandama Mantra. I don't know much about this text, and I don't have the time to really study its history. But I hope that it will suffice. For now, at least. Minami seems convinced that the Shinigami will be gone in a couple of days. But I do not know if I share her optimism. I grab a pen as it falls from my desk and write the passage in scrawled handwriting onto the pages of a notebook from the nearest drawer. I flinch as something heavy falls and lands right beside me with a clank. But I keep on writing, doing my best to get it all down as accurately as I can. And when I am finished, I stumble my way back into the kitchen. And in a loud voice, as I can begin to read it through, I hope that my confidence in the passage will lend to its success. But this is something of a paradox, as in truth I don't know if it'll do a damn thing. I read aloud, from the heart, and so it is in every other case, such that they cannot be possessed by any evil mantra, or any heavenly dragon, ghost, or spirit, or by any essence. Weird creature or demonic ghost the rumbles intensify as I speak aloud these words. Minami shrieks and covers her ears as the rumbling grows louder. What are you doing? I see her mouthing desperately, but her words are largely lost beneath the rattling and threatened imminent collapse of our crudely spirit-defended house. I run a quick tongue over my lips and continue, raising my voice and projecting from the chest. These people's minds will attain proper reception, so that any spell, any paralyzing sorcery, any poison or poisoning gold, any poisoning silver, any plant, tree, insect, or snake, and any of myriad kinds of poisonous vapors will turn into sweet dew when it enters their mouths. Glass shatters all around, 
Minami has fled from the room. I don't really understand the significance of the words I am reading aloud. But I feel them. I gain a rough sense of their strength and importance. And I can appreciate the gist. At this final word of the sentence, a sound like the crack of thunder is sent out from the house and out down our silent and still neighborhood. And just like that, the rumbling stops. Silence. The Shinigami has, for now, been cast back. I run to our room to find Minami with her hands still over her ears. It worked. I exclaimed gleefully. The mantra worked. Then the sutra thing, the passage kept the monster back. Minami makes a face of concern. It's just words. Takuya, we need to find something stronger. Stronger. Minami, the passage sent the Shinigami into retreat. We need to find more. Come on, get your laptop open. We'll find more passages to use. Maybe we'll find something to banish it completely. And so, with my encouragement, we do so. Spending the rest of the day hunting for sections of passage and writing these down in notebooks. I scrawl the words across the kitchen walls and door. My stomach rumbles. We are running low on food. We work well into the night. Day six. Manami's tattoo of the heron is missing its head. It flies blind and beakless through the air. An omen, perhaps. Though I certainly hope that it isn't. Manami has become quiet and strange. She refuses to go into the kitchen now and remains huddled in the bedroom. It's all starting to become too much for her. I think. She's been sleeping worse than I and she's been gnawing away at her fingernails. Come on, I tell her, holding her shoulders. We're going to be okay. We'll use the passages. We'll send the Shinigami back. And we'll be returned home. Our proper home, our neighborhood, everything will go back to normal. She nods but does not say a word. The morning is quiet. A creeping sense of dread has been steadily streaming into the house. And every minute that goes by only raises the tension more and more. It will be back. The Shinigami will be back. And if I'm being honest, I don't know if I have the strength to fight it. I have written a section of a passage from the Shurangama Mantra onto the Gifted Blade. The one from Minami's father. But it's only small. I don't know what effect, if any, it'll have on this monster. But there is yet one more thing I want to try. I have not told Minami about this. She would not agree. But I have to try everything. If this could keep the Shinigami from breaking in and taking us away. Or killing us. Or worse. Then I have to try. I'm going to try and communicate with it. And so, here in the bathroom, I have drawn a circle of chalk on the floor. I have lined it with text, written in Japanese, that will supposedly open a line of communication to the spirit world. I have one final candle that I have kept hidden, now alight and flickering in the center with me. Let's do this, I whisper, glancing to the bathroom door. It's locked. I begin to read aloud the text I have written, and as I do so I draw around myself a smaller, much narrower circle of chalk. The second that I connect the end to the beginning, the color of the flame changes to white, and the bathroom is filled with a constant, barreling air. Jesus, I blurt out as I trip awkwardly to my knees, and lifting my face into the gale. I am met by the face of the Shinigami, like something between a man and a lion, ghost-like and large. Where the bathroom wall once stood is now only mist, and the emerging head and torso of the Shinigami. Its wings spread out impossibly wide, wider than the physical space of the bathroom will allow. And my eyes struggle to reconcile this. Shinigami. I begin, stricken with terror, my breath clouding. Please, 
Just leave us alone. We have done you no harm. The Shinigami opens its mouth, and for a moment the wind seems to stop, before blowing again all the harder. The spirit's voice echoes deep and powerful inside my head. Takuya, your home and sanctuary are infected. I don't understand. Please, spirit, please just leave us alone. Don't kill us. I have no intention of killing either you or your partner. I dare say I would not be able to, regardless. That is not my purpose. I falter, shielding my eyes from the brunt of the gale. Your purpose. But, Shinigami, what is your purpose? Your home is infected, Takuya, with an obake, a yakai, a one of particular danger. I am here to root it out. I don't understand. A yakai. You mean like, what, a malevolent spirit? Yes, protection of mortals from the yakai is one of my duties on this plane. Wait, protection, protection of mortals, you're meant to be protecting us. So why have you been trying to break into our home? Takuya, I will say this only one further time. Your home is infected with a yakai. I am tasked to root it out. I play the Shinigami's words over in my head. They have me shaking and stuck to the spot, right here in this circle of chalk. In my bathroom, of all places, a shapeshifter. The Shinigami continues. It plans to take your souls by tomorrow. It has been watching and waiting and biding its time. I must root it out before then. And I realize it all clicks into place. The cat. I murmur with one blue, one green eye. It's the cat. No, the Shinigami replies. I refer to the creature wearing the skin of Minami. Now, that was the end of my tale. I hope you enjoyed yourself, listening while escaping the world you live in. That is all for today. Safe travels, and a blessed day. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Mike Rowe here with a few thoughts on my favorite sweatshirt, a classic zip-up hoodie that used to be navy blue but has since faded to what the fashionistas call a distressed indigo. It's 13 years old, soft as a flannel bathrobe, and after a few hundred dirty jobs, demonstrably and undeniably indestructible. This is the kind of sweatshirt girlfriends like to permanently borrow, but I've held on to this one because I got it from American Giant. American Giant makes all their stuff right here in the USA so they can control every link in their own supply chain. That matters because when you buy American Giant, you not only get great quality, you create jobs for people in factory towns all over the country. No pressure, but if you give a damn about the business of making things in America, you got to support the companies who are doing it right. Go to American-Giant.com slash Mike to get 20% off your first order. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.